The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday, September 12, 2021. And thank you for joining us for the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Tonight's show contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new new episode airs live each week. And we'll have recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is supposed to come tonight. At 9 o'clock, we'll go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together and then rate the episode between 1 and 10, 1 being, get it away from me, and 10 being, oh, perfect, yes, more please, as well as give commentary during the commercial breaks. We will also give our listeners trivia on the show as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. Please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that is presented to us. And I'm going to take a brief break and thank our regular listener and helper and sanity saver, Jones, who is in the chat. Yay. Always appreciate the company and the extra Googling and other investigation while we're doing the show. All right. Welcome to Season 11, Episode 4 in the final season of The Walking Dead Classic. Finally, I have start dates for everything, you guys. Uh, This is a repeat, and I've done this for all four episodes of the new season just because there's a lot, and it helps us and our listeners try to keep up with everything that's finally been announced. So Season 11 will have three segments of eight episodes each for a total of 24. Walking Dead Season 11 will run the first eight episodes up to October 10th and then take a break, and I do not know when they're resuming yet. That has not been announced. Fear the Walking Dead Season 7 will premiere on Sunday, October 17th, 2021. This is a week after The Walking Dead goes on mid-season hiatus. Fear, in turn, will run the front eight episodes up to December 5th and go on break. There is a commitment to Fear Season 8 in 2022, which I imagine will integrate with the ending of Walking Dead Season 11 into the movie setup and the two new spinoffs and so on and so forth. World Beyond Season 2 is going to be woven in between the segue of Walking Dead Classic and Fear. World Beyond will run starting October 3rd, 2021 to December 5th, 2021. Assumably, how it will work I'm going to imagine, because they've done this before, is that we'll have the older shows at 9 o'clock and then we'll be on at 10 each Sunday to make the schedule fit and then probably, um, hopefully, Talking Dead at 11. I hope that's how it works. This is the same as Tales of the Walking Dead, but this is another show I'm announcing. Uh, The next offering from the Walking Dead world comes in the form of Walking Dead Origins, which, as you might expect, delves into the backstories of existing characters. This began on July 15th. It kind of wasn't heavily announced. Um, Walking Dead Origins was a limited series from current showrunner Angela Kang and ran for four episodes as an AMC Plus streaming exclusive. 
So you can't see it on regular AMC, but if you have Plus, you can see this. Uh, each installment will focus on a single character, the Lucky Quartet, consisting of Daryl Dixon, Maggie Ree, Negan Smith, and Carol... <sighs> Joan, please help me in the chat, because I did not write it down where Carol's name first appears. I wrote it down somewhere else in my notes, and I don't have time to go find it. Carol Peltier, I hope. Uh, but Joan looked it up for me last week, and hopefully will be able to correct me in the chat in a hot minute. Um, so anyhow, those are the four that that show is covering. Uh, let me see, where was I? Pardon me just a moment, because I got distracted by trying to pronounce her name right. I feel very bad when I don't do it right, because Melissa deserves better. Uh, according to the official description, The Walking Dead Origins will recount the zombie apocalypse from the perspective of one character incorporating actor interviews and narration into each episode. Now, this is, this is my commentary, not commentary from AMC or anybody else talking about this. I'm not sure why this was even needed, as these four have done their origin stories in Walking Dead already. I'm sure there's extra material that wasn't covered, but there are an awful lot of characters who we don't know any hints about their origin story from unless they're planning to do that later. In 2022, this fourth series coming, which is a spinoff fronted by Carol and Daryl, and please forgive my hiccups. In 2022, late or 2023, will be the fifth show, the episodic roadshow-style story, Tales of the Walking Dead. There's no date set yet. And then after that is kind of a sixth show, Dead in the Water which is a fear mini prologue. So back in March 2021, rumors of a watery new dead Walking Dead project emerged. Titled Dead in the Water, this digital exclusive takes the dead, undead underwater, set during an outbreak on a nuclear submarine. Connecting directly to fear, said submarine recently appeared in Season 6 as part of Teddy's dastardly plan to bring about the end times using the sub's nuclear-loaded missiles. Though fans already know the USS Pennsylvania ends up beached and commandeered by a cult leader, Dead in the Water will explain how it got there and what happened to all the dead crew members discovered later by Morgan and Strand. Though there's no official release date set at present, a script has already been completed. In terms of cast, you'd expect Nick Stahl to return as Riley since Teddy's second in command was originally the vessel's weapons officer. By the way, the script is for episode one, and it was done by Angela Kang. That wasn't in the press release, but we did mention it elsewhere a couple weeks ago. I'm not, I actually don't remember when. It might have been in her bio when she directed the first episode, or wrote the first episode, pardon me. Okay, if you guys want to call in to speak with the host, it's 914 Anytime tonight, but I especially encourage you between 8.30 and 9 p.m. You're still welcome to call in during the live TV show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break, and that's when we can chat on the air. If the phones are not your thing, feel free to join us in our live chat room where you'll be able to listen to the show real time, as well as go back and download the episode after the fact. And we post a link for that on our Facebook page, usually on my social media, and so forth. So you can go back to those links and download the show if you don't have time to sit with us live. That's all fine. Okay. So if you're unable to join us, you can go to the episode link and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast 
So what you do is you go to the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. Click on that. You can either play it there or you can download it from that. And you can also download prior episodes on iTunes. Tonight's episode is entitled Rendition. The official AMC synopsis is Daryl and Dog get captured by the Reapers and are taken to the Meridian and reconnect with someone. Now, I do have to say to you guys, I'm going to very slightly bend one of our cardinal rules about spoilers. So I'm going to say something that has been in the sneak preview trailer last week and also some commentary from sources where AMC provided material. So this is stuff that they've put out there, but they didn't point at it very heavily. So I have put some things together, and I have a theory of what's going to happen tonight, and it's a little spoilery, but I do want to tell you. So go to the bathroom and get a drink if you don't want to hear that. Five, four, three, two, bye-bye. Okay, so here's the thing. In the exclusive trailer last week on Talking Dead, there is a Lone Reaper who has a red-enhanced outfit that the others don't seem to have. And it's stalking Daryl and Dog, and seems to be doing that before he gets captured. Or at least, I'm not sure of the timing because it was in the trailer and they didn't make it clear. But this Reaper is stalking him but not moving on him and is not with the others. So I believe the Red Reaper is, da-da-da, spoiler alert, go to the bathroom, go get a drink. I believe it's Leo and that she stole that mask and outfit from one of the Reapers because Lynn Collins, who plays her, is now credited as a series regular starting tonight in the also starring credits. So that lends a lot of credence to my theory. And that's the only reason I'm sharing it with you, because it really, really looks like this one has some meat. Okay. Additional synopsis, which we usually do. Daryl sees a familiar face in The Walking Dead sneak peek, which also kind of supports what I'm saying. So this is from comicbook.com, Cameron Bolomono, Usual Suspects, blah, blah, blah. All right. Are you ready? Let's check in, see if Joan has anything to say in the chat room. She does not. All right. So let's go on to the article. Daryl and Dog reunite with an old friend in a sneak peek from the next episode of The Walking Dead. After surviving the deadly reaper attack that scatters Maggie's group on the road to Meridian, a lone wolf Daryl covers himself in walker gore as he's stalked by the red and white skull-faced reaper focused on in Season 11 trailers. It's Dog who picks up a familiar scent in a scene from Season 11, Episode 4, Rendition, now streaming early, blah, blah, blah. Read the official synopsis, which I've already read you. Not going to get into that one. Next is an interview quote. Quote, there's a very Blackwater sort of vibe to that group, and this person is referring to the Reapers. They're very professional. They know how to kill. Reedus told Entertainment Weekly about the new villains not from the comic books. These guys are not comic book material. They know how to take care of themselves. They have a certain tactical skill set that we've never come across before. So they're used to pain. They're used to fighting through it. Rendition reveals Pope, uh, who has been publicly announced as series newcomer Richie Coster, the Reaper leader who we're told marks Maggie in season 10. 
quote, there's a leader of that group, a guy named Pope, who was mentioned in the little mini episodes we did during COVID. And that guy is a really good character, Rita said. And that actor, Richie Coster, that plays him is really good. So there's an intensity that's almost like the hand of God is put to him or put into him. It's very boondock saints, to be honest. You just can't stop him. And the group that he has is very good at what they do. That is the end of that article. Let me see if there's any of the links I need to pull up, but not for the moment. Okay, so that's our additional synopses. Let me check in with Joan real quick. Otherwise, oh, Joan has, has some comments. Um, she agrees with my theory that it's Leah as well. In the trailer on Talking Dead, Dog seems to go right to her like he would to a former owner. Yes, and dogs can smell things. And if he smelled familiar Leah, he would go to her in that way. Um, Joan said, I thought it might have been Connie. That is also a valid theory. But the Reaper has blue eyes, so not Connie. Okay, I didn't look that close to that, I remember. Um, that's a shame, because I do want to know what's going on with Connie, although I know that out of character, the actress that plays Connie was involved with the project, so they left it open-ended, and they're just covering for that. Um, but in character, we don't really know. I like it to be Connie, but I also would really like it if it's Leah. So Joan seems to think I've got something here with that. Let's go ahead and go to the next part. It's 844. We've got 16 minutes. So writers and directors, tonight's writing of the script was done by Nicole Morante Matthews. Now, Nicole Morante Matthews was born in Seattle, Washington. She's been married to actor Jason Matthews, known for Surviving Disaster, Lost Tapes, and Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. Uh, that came out in 2010, since 2011. Okay, so I guess after he got in that movie, he needed somebody to kind of be a service human for a while. I don't know. <laughs> All righty. Nicole has a BA in Broadcast Communications uh, in 92 from Edward R. Murrow College of Communication at Washington State University in Pullman. Nicole's writing routinely explores the issues of race, class, and gender, and how each plays a role in society. Her first screenplay, Finding Bobby, was a finalist in the AMPAS, A-M-P-A-S, all caps, Nicole Fellowship, Chesterfield Fellowship, and Fade In Awards in 98. In 2011, her NCIS episode, Freedom, became the most-watched episode in series history, garnering more than 23 million viewers. Nicole is involved in community work through the greater Los Angeles community, serving as volunteer and mentor at the Holly Grove Children's Home. She also serves as a mentor and tutor to young screenwriters, inspiring and educating them about how to find their own voices and what it takes to become successful in the industry. She's a member of Sierra Club and Move On, one of the largest political action committees in the United States. Nicole is a strong supporter of WSU and the Murrow College, routinely engaging with students. She began her career as a TV news reporter. Nicole has a few miscellaneous crew credits dating back to 1995. She has seven writer's credits other than Walking Dead dating back to 2001, including episodes of Law & Order, Criminal Intent, NCIS, and Luke Cage. She has seven producer's credits back to 2006, including episodes of Huff, The Nine, Kane, Law & Order, Criminal Intent, NCIS, and The Walking Dead, Line Three Cross as a co-executive producer, which was her first work at all within the franchise. 
Tonight is her fourth writer's credit for the franchise. The first being season 10, episode 2, We Are the End of the World. Then season 10, episode 12, Walk With Us. Season 10, episode 18, Find Me. And then tonight's episode. Well, that is a big hint right there. Because apparently she was the writer for the episode that involves Leah. So, of course, they would bring her back to write one that is probably going to be Leah's return. Again, I don't have confirmation. There are just a whole bunch of things that point to that. Let me see if Joan has anything to say before I continue bio stuff. Um, Not anything further, so let's go ahead and keep going. Director tonight is, again, from last week, Fred Toy, uh, Frederick E. O. Toy, T-O-Y-E. He's a director, producer, and editor. Born in Los Angeles, Toy attended the University of California, Santa Barbara, and graduated with a B.A. Wife is Sandy, and they have three daughters. I do not have their names, and that's fine. Significant number of credits under several categories, including crew, visual effects, and editing functions. His first significant work was a film short called Lost, not the TV show, starring Bodie Elfman, who is Jenna's husband, as in June Dory. Six producer credits since 2002, Lost, um, his project, Alias, Fringe, Black and White, Designate Survivor, and Westworld from 2018. He has 45 director's credits back to 2002 with Lost, um, his project. Other shows he's working on, he's worked on are Alias, The 4400, Lost, the separate TV show, The, Falling Skies, CSI New York, Rizzolian Isles, Vegas, Westworld, American Gods, and is currently working on directing a new series for 2022 called The Terminal West. Directing last week's episode number three, Hunted, was his first time working anywhere in the Walking Dead franchise, and directing tonight's episode will be his second. It's 8.48. Let's check in the chat, and everything's cool, so we'll continue. Trivia! All right, tonight's episode is the 157th episode of Walking Dead ever. First appearance of the character Pope, played by Richie Coster. First name is unknown. He's the leader of the Reapers and serves as the primary antagonist for the first half of season 11. First appearance of Brandon Carver, played by Alex Maris, M-E-R-A-Z. Uh, that's his last, oh, well, it says last name only, but we do have Brandon's first name, so I'm not sure. Maybe that was just copy-pasting funny. Um, he's a random male survivor, first appearance tonight, slated to be in episode six. Um, there's a whole stack of these, actually. So I'm assuming they're Reapers, because I can't think of any other reason why so many only males, only last names, also booked for two episodes from now. I can't think of any other reason. Next character, first appearance of Mancia, M-A-N-C-E-A, played by Dickran Tulane. Uh, random male survivor, first appearance, and also slated to be in episode six. First appearance of Deaver, played by J- Jacob Young. Same deal, last name only. Random male survivor, first appearance, slated to be in episode six. First appearance of Fisher, played by Branton Box. Same deal. Last appearance of Roy as a corpse. Starting with this episode, Lynn Collins, who played Leah, is credited as a series regular. She's listed under also starring. All right, co-stars tonight. Um, pardon me just a second, my screen jumped. 
Michael Sheffelt as Bossy, who's a random male survivor first appearance. They did not mention that he will be in episode six, so we'll see. Eric LeBlanc as Powell, random male survivor who has been around since episode one of this season. Robert Hayes as Paul Wells, same story. Ethan McDowell as Washington, we only know his last name. Random male survivor, first appearance, slated to be in episode six. So these guys maybe are fancy reapers or get to talk or something. Dane Davenport as Anchetta, A-N-C-H-E-T-A. Same story. Zach Zadalis as Boone. And Lex Loletta as Austin. And all the same story there. Uncredited tonight, C. Thomas Howell as Roy and Seven as Dog. Um, I like that they are making sure that C. Thomas Howell gets mentioned because I was really kind of sad that there was some contractual business. They couldn't mention it was him. All right. It's 8.51. Let's go ahead. Uh, There's a couple of errors already mentioned for tonight, which I assume was brought up by people who have seen it, but it's okay. Um, They're not too spoilery. Uh, Error number one, despite not appearing in the episode, Laurie Fortier, who plays Agatha, is still credited. I don't, well, not appearing. Maybe they've got some flashback to her end is why they did it. I don't know. It was listed as an error, but I'm not sure if it was. Several promo photos released by AMC for uh, this episode incorrectly credit Wells, where Powell appears instead. Um, Last episode trivia, that's for Hunted, episode three. That is the 156th episode of Walking Dead Ever, last appearance of Cole, of Nichols, of Duncan, and of Agatha. The events of Forget, which was way back in Season 5, Episode 3, <coughs> pardon me, when Aaron and Daryl try to go get Buttons, the horse, are referenced in this episode. Aaron mentions it to Carol. This is the least viewed episode of the TV series, and I find that shocking. Uh, I didn't think it was that bad that it merited that, and I'm not sure what's going on. All right, co-stars. Uh, Annabelle Holloway as Gracie, the savior infant whose father Rick Grimes had killed then adopted by Aaron. Played by Scarlett and Sophie, no last name, season 8, and Annabelle Holloway, season 9 through 11. Anthony Azor as R.J. Grimes. Ken Michael Spiller as Herschel Ree. Marcus Lewis as Duncan, member of the Wardens who joined Alexandria. And I think something happened to him last week because it says it's his last appearance. And then Hans Christopher as Nichols, first name unknown. He's the Reaper who Father Gabriel terrorizes by the log. Uncredited, see Thomas Hell as Roy, Seven as Dog, unknown act, baby actress as Socorro Espinoza. Elizabeth as Alexandria Resident Nine. The actress had requested her name to be omitted from the page, may be added once she's off the show. Actually, no, I don't have time to look that up right now. I'll, I'll look it up later. Jimmy McAfee is Alexandria resident, former Savior 31. Mario Williams is Alexandria resident, Survivor 91. Shalane Demarest is Alexandria resident, Survivor 129. Um, she's also credited as Alexandria Guard. See also Shalane Demarest as a Savior for Season 8. Uh, so it's possible, I think she may have been part of the crew that was a Savior, came to Alexandria to help, and those are her current positions. Rachel Hernandez as Alexandria resident. All right, 8.54, let's keep going. Deaths from last week's episode. Cole, 
Duncan, who's the burly guy who dies with Maggie and bleeds out from Reaper injuries. Nichols, Agatha, the woman overpowered and bitten while running off with Maggie. One unnamed Reaper and five horses. Uh, no goofs, errors, or bloopers listed from last week. And we barely have time, so we'll go ahead and do that. Let's do birthday since there's only two. Maximiliano Hernandez, who played Bob Camson, the Grady Cop, September 12th, and he's from Brooklyn. And Andy Lincoln, Andrew James Clutterbuck, believe it or not, who plays Rick, September 14th, London, England. And so he'll be having a birthday in a couple of days. So let's go ahead and wish everybody happy birthday and thanks for your work. All right, featured music from last week's episode, There Is None Listed. Unaccounted for characters, Heath, Rick, Anne, slash Jadis, and Georgie. And also, Gonna Not Give It Up, Where Is Winnie? The Girl Who Ran Away, Season 9, Episode 14, Scars, with Michonne being pregnant. Her ultimate location and fate remain unknown. Um, We also have time to squeeze in Talking Dead tonight. So we may be talking about a lot of articles tonight because I'm getting halfway through my material. So Talking Dead is going to feature Tara, a.k.a. Alana Masterson, and Hillary Burton Morgan, who was Lucille. The, and she is visiting Talking Dead for the very first time. Plus, we'll reveal a surprise cast member, which might be this guy Richie, but I'm not really sure. It could be Leah, for all we know. All right, so we have discussion links. And I was reading you last time a little bit from The Untold Truth of Walking Dead's Negan. And they also have a related article. I don't think it's the same article. They're both from looper.com. And it was basically talking how uh, in the last few episodes you had been seeing less and less of Negan. Um, I will look during the first chunk of the show to see where we kind of left off because we've got four minutes till we go dark um so joan has not commented anything else i'm queuing up the article to discuss (coughs) pardon me we've got three more minutes to kill so let's go ahead and talk about the rest of season 11 for now remember eight episodes and a break so what remains is episode 158 slash five out of the Ashes next weekend, the 19th, 159-6 slash six, on the inside, 926-160-7, Promises Broken. That'll be on October 3rd, and that will be when World Beyond starts up. So that's probably going to be a double header, I think. And then 161-8 slash eight for Blood, which is the 10th of October. And then we will go the next weekend into fear. So that is the rest of the lineup for now. We still have a good chunk of time. It's very strange. I feel like I'm in some kind of time loop. Um, all right. I'm actually, I have an article that I threw in there. It's another one about Negan. There's a lot of talking about Negan. But I'm going to throw it in the pile with my other articles that I have on hand in case... We get through the material really early and we want something to discuss. So we can do that during the breaks. Um, I'm not going to do upcoming episodes for NDB Media yet. I want to do that a little later in the show. So I think we are just going to go ahead and pause it there. 
I will go ahead and mute myself, and then I will see you guys at the first commercial break. Thanks for joining us. Okay, guys, it's 9.06, and we're at the first commercial break. And, yeah, other than an Internet barf, this first segment tonight has been unusually strong. So what I thought was going on is going on. The red and white-faced reaper is Leah. Um, Joan says, wow, she's really with the reapers, although I'm not sure it's going to be that simple. I think it's going to be more complicated than that. But let me go back um, and just check on the comments. For that opening, I voted 6-5. And Joan agrees at 6-5. Joan was considering a 7. To be honest, I was too, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Hope it's more complicated than that. I have a feel. Leah doesn't seem the type to be with people like the Reapers. Um, There's got to be something more to it. And especially if she didn't think she had Daryl. Or his support. All right. So there's a Clint Eastwood movie that we have a trailer for at the moment. So let me see if there's any other notes. Um, We can. No, I'm not going to do the upcoming shows yet. It's too early because we're just in break one number one. So let's go to the Looper article. I actually was considering just reading it from the beginning. Maybe. Okay. Maybe not the full beginning. Let's go ahead and and just start about a quarter of the way back. So this is from Looper, and it was on way back on March 30th by Shane O'Neill. But there was just some interesting things. So I've got three articles about Negan, and this is not really a Negan episode. And we have a trailer for World Beyond now, so this will be kind of interesting. We'll see how all that goes. Um, But they will be coming back. October 3rd and doing double duty as Walking Dead Classic wraps up. So we shall see. This is a pretty extensive trailer of things going on. Um, yeah, premieres October 3rd. Starts streaming early September 26th. And we are actually back, so I'll start reading the article at the next break. Thanks for being here. Okay, guys, it's 9.15. We are at our second commercial break. 
and I'm going to go over a couple of Joan's comments before we get into anything else. She had said, he'll crack. Have they met Daryl? That lousy song played on the loop when he was with the Saviors didn't crack him. These crazy fanatics won't. The only reason I think they might have a chance where the Saviors didn't is because these guys appear to be paramilitary in some way. So they would know the things that can crack the uncrackable. That was their job. Or at least that's how all the reviews and the things keep painting them. But we shall see. All right, we are not, we're still in commercial, so let's go ahead and keep going. Joan says, going up to seven, but not because I have a sudden fondness for Leo, which I totally understand. I'm doing six, seven, five. Um, I still feel like Leah's presence with the saviors is not as cut and dried as it seems. And Joan says, and I cringe every time I see a Fear the Walking Dead trailer. I do too. I really feel like the nuke thing just jumped the shark. Because I don't see how they can have a sustainable plot with something like that going. Um, all right, we have a Toyota commercial coming up, so we still got time to talk. Let me go ahead and, and run over to the article real quick and see if I can throw out a, at least a paragraph before we go back. So, The Walking Dead has put the spotlight on countless humans' villains over the years, some more effectively than others. Names like the Governor, David Morrissey, and Alpha, Samantha Morton, will live in infamy for their immoral and inhumane tactics to stay alive. At the same time, not every on-screen presence label antagonist turns out to be so twisted beyond the point of no return. I push back on that, but we shall see. Uh, case in point, Negan, as played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, ha- appeared to be just another run-of-the-mill bad guy for the heroes to take down. However, over time, he's developed into one of the most complex characters in the series. Here is the untold truth of The Walking Dead's Negan. Um, so the first section is called Life Beyond, Before the Outbreak. Walking Dead viewers first meet Negan in the season six finale, Last Day on Earth, and he sure makes a big first impression. Not only do he and his faction known as the Saviors capture Rick and his allies, but Negan gleefully murders both Abraham and Glenn brutally. He comes off as cold, conniving, and unspeakably violent, leaving viewers to wonder where could someone so remorseless have come from. All right. We have a trailer for something, and I think we're going to go back after that. So I'm going to pause right here and set that up for the next break. Um, oh, I guess we're having another commercial after all. It's very weird. Hornitos, a shot worth taking. I don't even know what that is. It looks like aloe vera booze and yet another commercial now at Wendy's. So... You know what? I'm going to keep reading, (laughs) or at least for a little tiny bit. Before leading the Saviors and swinging his barbed wire baseball bat around, Negan was a pretty average guy. As a kid in Virginia, he quickly gained a reputation as a bully and a troublemaker, but all that changed when he met a woman named Lucille, portrayed on Walking Dead by Morgan's real-life spouse, Hillary Burton Morgan, later in life. Now we are back, and I'm going to pause at that point. See you guys at break number three. Okay, guys, 926 and commercial break number three. Joan is staying at seven, and I'm going to go up to seven. Um, She has also mentioned the last commercial where I was a little confused. Hornitos is apparently tequila. And I feel like Daryl is being a dick to a guy across the hall in the other cell so that they won't make the connection because they're eavesdropping on him. 
And Joan agrees that that's probably what's going on. So now we are caught up for a moment. Let's go back to the article and see how far we can get. Alrighty. Um, the two fell in love, marrying and hoping to start a family, only for the situation to quickly sour. Negan cheated on her and proved himself unfaithful time and time again. To make matters worse, Lucille was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer shortly before the apocalypse began. Negan does his best to provide her with medicine in the now walker-infested world, but she ultimately dies from her illness. Yeah, pancreatic cancer can move super quick, and you almost never catch it before stage four. Um, this drives Negan over the edge, and he begins tapping into his darker, more cynical side that we all recognize. Sometime later, the saviors take power with him as their leader, making him and Lucille his barbed wire baseball bat a symbol of fear. And we're still in commercials, so let's keep going. A record-breaking run. Since making his debut, Negan has remained a constant presence on The Walking Dead. To this day, he's at the heart of the program, even getting his own flashback episode in Season 10, aptly titled Here's Negan. It was the season finale. Further exploring his life pre-apocalypse. It, this is why I say Negan's already done his backstory, so I don't know why we needed another one. It's not uncommon for the show's bad guys to be fleshed out a fair bit, but a story this dedicated to doing so is highly irregular. Although this shouldn't be that shocking, considering Negan's run on the small screen, I've seen him break all sorts of norms for Walking Dead villains. Of the series' main antagonist, Negan has secured the most appearances, popping up in over 40 episodes across three and a half seasons. In addition, he has the longest lifespan of the bunch, sticking around the land of the living for roughly 60 installments. Not to mention, his interactions with Alpha make him the first bad guy to meet their successor, and him subsequently killing her makes him the first and only principal villain to defeat another principal villain. Perhaps most importantly, Negan is the sole antagonist to turn a new leaf and become something of a good guy. Again, I wish I pushed back on. I'm not sure that's entirely happening yet. All right. Also worth mentioning is that Negan boasts the highest kill count so far, with roughly 230 deaths on his hands, including in those deaths six main cast members, uh, Abraham, Glenn, Alpha, Spencer, Simon, and Beta, which is the most any one character has killed. One has to wonder if he has more records to earn with his arc still unfinished. Um, We are still in commercials for the moment. Alternate Negan castings. Put it simply, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Negan, totally making the now iconic role all his own. The image of him in his black leather jacket, combat boots, slicked back hair, flashing a devious smile through his tight grain beard is instantly recognizable. Uh, Let's see if the... uh, Yes, we're still in commercial. Let's keep going. In fact, some might even say it's impossible to imagine anyone other than Morgan taking on the part, but that was very nearly the case. When Walking Dead artist Charlie Adlard created the character, he based his look on musician Henry Rollins, who auditioned for the Negan role before Morgan gave it a swing, pun intended. Rollins spoke to Forbes in 2016 and discussed the process, recalling the excitement online about Negan's Walking Dead debut. Quote, the internet was wild with speculation because in the upcoming season they were going to introduce the character, he said. Continuing, A woman that works in my office put my name and the character's name into an internet search, and all this speculation came up. I went for the audition, and there were five pages of really cool dialogue with all these curses, and it was beautiful, but I didn't get it. All right, let's see if we're going back yet. And we are. So, sorry, Hank, I'm going to pause you here, and I'll see you guys at break number four. 
Okay, guys, 9.36, and I believe we're at break number four. I think I'm inching to 7.25, but I may be hovering there. Uh, Let's see what Joan's got to say about it. Uh, She did comment after the last thing. Oh, Lord, save us from religious fanatics. Yes, irony intended. And also, soldiers turned mercenaries before the apocalypse. Definitely trouble. I feel like Leah is playing for sympathy to get Daryl to open up. I don't trust her at all. I don't trust her, but I won't say fully. I think that she is trying to keep him from certain fates, and that's why she's saying what she's saying. It's the same thing he's doing. I also feel like he's lying to her to have her feed her commander bad data. Um, Joan said, I love that he said he never lied to her while he lied to her, 7.25 as well. Uh, I don't know if that's kind of a half a lie. You know, it's kind of my answer in the moment, but maybe not always. Sort of, kind of, is very strategic. Um, Let's go ahead and go back to the article while we're talking to Henry Rollins about uh, auditioning for Negan. Uh, He also then goes on to add that while many thought he should have gotten the part, he didn't mind and was very impressed with Jeffrey D. Morgan's approach. Quote, I later saw a photograph of the guy who did get it, and it looks almost exactly like the comic book rendering. Rollins wasn't the only big name who vied for the Negan gig, as Scream's own Matthew Lillard gave it a shot as well, only to lose out to Morgan. All right, entering the gaming world. Even though he laid waste to some of Walking Dead's beloved heroes and then terrorized those left alive, Negan somehow became one of the show's most popular characters. So popular, he even managed to cross over into the gaming world on several occasions. Arguably, the most well-known of them was his guest spot in the 2015 fighting game Tekken 7 as a DLC inclusion. Um, I don't know what DLC stands for. I'm not that sort of gamer, so... He became available to add to the existing roster on February 28, 2019, bringing with him his own unique fighting style moves and a stage based on his Walking Dead introduction. Some of the lesser-known gaming cameos, both in the MMO and tabletop card game format. Uh, In December of 2019, both Negan with Lucille and Michonne with her katana were added to PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds Mobile for a limited time only. September of 2020 then saw Magic the Gathering receive a Walking Dead expansion, including none other than Negan as one of the new cards. His ability reads, When Negan enters the battlefield, you and target opponent each secretly choose a creature that player controls. Then those choices are revealed and the player sacrifices those creatures. Whenever an opponent sacrifices a creature, you create a treasure token. Um... There's some kind of Walking Dead trailer for something. Not really clear. Okay, going to keep going. Staying true to the source material. For as beloved as Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Negan has become, it's worth remembering that the character itself wasn't conjured up out of thin air for television. Negan first arrived in The Walking Dead number 100, survived to see the series finale in issue 193. Um, Much like, and the main reason I'm reading all these things is because the comics are over, so... Whatever was going to happen, it's already done. Much like he does on The Walking Dead TV show, the leader of the Saviors makes a grand entrance to Lucille in hand, spouting expletives as he sees fit, putting all of his enemies on notice. And as it turns out, Morgan took great care in nailing Negan's brash yet collected personality. 
I'm waiting to see if the commercial is the last here before I continue. There's one more paragraph. Yeah, there's Guinness commercial. Okay, let's try to wrap this up. Um, In February 2016, Jeffrey D. Morgan spoke to Entertainment Weekly and detailed why pushing the strong language envelope was so important, regardless of how AMC felt. Quote, we're going to push AMC. The plan is to push them as far as they can because it's who Negan is, he claims, laughing, adding, not laughing. He uses some colorful language, and I use some colorful language, and reading the comic is important. So we'll see where that lands. Morgan then speaks to his desire to get Negan right no matter what, noting it's our intention that this character is going to leap off the pages of the comic book. It's very important that that's who he is. And now we're back, so I'll shut up and I'll see you guys at break number five. All right, it's 948. We're at break number five, and I'm going to go up to seven. (laughs) So is Joan going up to 7.5 because this episode is definitely not the same old shit and definitely bringing it tonight, which is weird because it's the fourth one in. Usually the first couple of the strong entries, and then it gets quieter for a bit, and they've done just the opposite this week. Um. So I had said before that Pope is incredibly stupid, and why are those ones always in charge, like the governor and Alpha? And there are people who will argue with me that they're not stupid, but they make a lot of very foolish decisions that could very easily go wrong, and they were lucky. And Joan says, I know, right? At least Negan had some brains, more charisma, but some brains too. And she said, I might have imagined it, but there seemed to be a slight glimmer of triumph in Daryl's eye right at the end. After I told him he was in, I'm guessing he's, he'll take this place apart from the inside. Yeah, just like he did when he was with the Saviors. You know, they had him in there, and eventually he got out. Same thing all over again. But a different iteration this time. And, yeah, I do think he had a little bit of triumph in his eyes because they really don't. I'm very shocked with Leah because she should know him better than that. Maybe she does. But if they've if they've been her family when she thought he left her, I don't really know if she would do that to him on purpose. I'm I'm really not quite sure what's going on here, but it's definitely unusual. All right. So since we're in a commercial break, let's go back to the article, uh, The Untold Truth of the Walking Dead's Negan. Morgan then speaks to his desire to get Negan right no matter what, noting that it's our intention that the character is going to leap off the pages of the comic book. I know I just read this to you guys, but I want to make sure you're caught up. Um, it's very important that that's who it is. Some of the characters, there's more leeway, but Negan is the guy you want to keep as true as possible, and that would be how I want to play him as well. Looking back on the walking, his Walking Dead journey so far and the cultural impact of the Negan character, it's fair to say Morgan did just that and then some. All right, so that is the end of that article. It's 9.50, and I'm going to go ahead and pull up the next article and move this one down to the pile of the ones I've read. But I'm not sure I fully expect to be able to get to it tonight. I'm just keeping it around in case. All right, so there's that. Let's go ahead now and do the upcoming shows on NDB Media. I think that's a fair thing to do now. Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, tomorrow, 9.13 at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Roger D. Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Fandom Access Week in Review. Um, I haven't posted yet, but I'm assuming it's every Tuesday for now, unless I hear otherwise. Tuesday, 9-14, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the elegant entertainment of Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they discuss another night of television. Uh, just see. Okay. we There's a cat snacking on Cheetos. Okay. Jim Devine, Wednesday, 9-15, um, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Major Dan Sickles, fixer of presidential elections. Major Dan Sickles had somewhat less than a sparkly military career. He almost single-handedly lost the Battle of Gettysburg, was the principal fixer of the 1878 presidential election, and practically single-handedly started a war with Spain. And that's only the beginning. Author historian Jim Devine has done a deep dive into Major Sickler's ignominious career. Excuse me, I haven't seen that word in years. <laughs> and is here tonight to tell us about this interesting character and period in history. Followed by same evening, the Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show with me at Wednesday, 9.15 at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. the Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. Our topic will be announced soon. And also, as a reminder, the following Wednesday, we normally we're biweekly, we expect to be interviewed by NDB Media Head Roger Noriega. More information on that to come. That was postponed from this past Wednesday. All right, so we're back. I'll see you guys at the end. Okay, guys, it's 10.04. Talking Dead is on. I'm ending on 7.5, and Joan is ending on 7.75. A couple little quick comments. Um, Joan had mentioned... uh, Lynn Collins is the mystery guest on Talking Dead with Alana Masterson and Hillary Burton Morgan. It was during one of the commercial breaks. They brought that up. She thought it might have been the guy who plays Pope. And she wanted to know how he still has cigarettes because it must be stale as all hell. I don't really know how all that works. Uh, uh, This is his first episode, and, and she's already wishing somebody would shut this idiot up. Yeah, referring to Pope. And... He, I said he fucking cre- creeps me out. Joan says, yes, stupid as hell. Daryl told them they're outnumbered, and he just killed one more of his own. So anyhow, um, real quick, let me finish up other shows so we have that completed. The last one I didn't get to give you was Travelage Radio, Thursday the 16th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, a railroad town surrounded by snow-capped peaks. Durango in, is in Colorado's Animas River Valley, 6,512 feet above sea level. Best known for the Durango and Silverton Narrow Gauge Railroad, Durango was founded by the Denver and Rio Grande Railroad Company in 1880. The steam-powered train marked 120 years of service in 2002, but is still going strong, often as a setting for movies, but also as a freight line for precious metals. It has carried more than 300 million in such cargo over the years. Hear more and all about nearby Mesa Verde National Park, Purgatory Resort, and the 1887 Strader Hotel when Rachel Welsh talks with Dan Schlossberg and Mary Ellen Nugent Lee about the town's legacy, current status, and future plans. Okay. Thank you not only to everyone joining us tonight. Thank you to Joan for helping and being here. 
And those of you who may be listening later via podcast, iTunes, or the Blog Talk Radio website, special appreciation to our host, NDB Media. We hope you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party on this same network. So please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. I appreciate you guys being here with us tonight. Talk to you next weekend. Good night.